Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to try to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Well, guys, today, once again, um, I had a little bit of trouble (laughs) scheduling a guest. Um, With the holidays, everything's getting real busy. Um, It may just be me talking for a little bit. I promise we are going to have some cool guests on soon. Uh, I think Brett Hart is going to be on next week. Uh, We'll have Sam on and some guys that y'all haven't heard of yet that uh, hopefully we're going to get on here and have some good conversations. So I promise there will be an end to me just talking alone into the mic. (laughs) I'm sure I'll still do some uh, alone episodes and our book club episodes will probably be me alone but I will get you new guests and uh, people that you're you're probably a little bit more interested to hear from. So uh, I promise that will come soon. But uh, today is Thanksgiving, actually. I'm sitting here recording Thanksgiving. Dylan had to go work at the uh, High Plains Children's Home uh, today for Thanksgiving, give those kids a, a good Thanksgiving dinner. It's uh, really cool what they do over there. They try to make sure that the kids get uh, get the things that um, they would in a, in a, in a proper family. Um, the, a lot of those kids don't have some of that. Uh, one thing I do want to kind of lay on some of your hearts is that, uh, if, if you have the ability to, to donate to any of this stuff or, um, find your local kids shelter. And if, if you give anything to anybody, try to make it local and make sure that your money, um, goes as far as it possibly can. I, I, I don't know anything about like the Salvation Army or any of the big, uh, any of the big charities or anything like that that do a lot of, uh, I wouldn't even call it marketing, but I guess a lot of, they're really present this time of year. Uh, I don't know anything about that. I'm not trying to disparage them. I don't know if the money is actually going to what it's for or, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to disparage anybody, any of the bigger charities, but go try to find somewhere local to where you know that the money that you're, you're spending can really have an impact on your community locally. And, uh, you know, if you, if it, if it's put on your heart, give, because those, those places, at least in my experience with seeing what High Plains does, they do just a lot of good stuff. And, um, these kids really don't have, I mean, they're spending (laughs) most of the people listening to this. If, you probably spent Thanksgiving with your family almost every year and everybody there loved you and, and spent time, um, you know, making Thanksgiving a special thing for you, especially because you were a kid. Uh, these kids don't have that. And it's really kind of sad. Um, when, when you really think about it, um, they're spending Thanksgiving in a foreign place. A lot of these kids that Dylan works with are in the emergency shelter to where they haven't been there for very long. They've only been there like a month or so. Um, and they're, they're spending Thanksgiving with, uh, people that are called staff, (laughs) you know, they, they call them Mrs. D or, um, things like that, that this is not mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, and uncle. So especially around the holidays, try to, try to make your dollars go pretty far. Um, if you can and spend locally to some of these charities, uh, if you, if you feel, if you feel the need. So anyway, that's, uh, yeah, do that. Uh, another thing being Thanksgiving, we're going to do the, the cliche. What are you thankful for? Um, I know every, every podcast is going to do something like this, but, um, really sit down and, and think about what your, what you're thankful for and, uh, and what don't only, I I want you to get down, sit down, get a pen, write down what you're thankful for, but I want you to go a step further and 
put down the impact that it actually write in words the impact that that thing that you're thankful for um, has on your life. So for example, uh, I wrote down my wife. So I'm very, very thankful for my wife. She supports me in everything I do. Um, She's absolutely wonderful. And the impact that she has is it, it gives me the um, emotional fortitude to, to, to keep going in my goals and to know that there's always going to be somebody there when I fail. Um, failure is a whole lot more scary when you're alone. And so I know that with her support, the, the way she does support me, that if I do fail, I'm at least still going to have her. Um, she really is my best friend. And it's important to have that when you're trying, when you have these lofty goals, like starting a podcast and making it big or losing X amount of weight or, you know, becoming super fit, uh, failure sucks. And, you know, I fail on a daily basis. Uh, and sometimes friends don't answer the phone. She always does. And so just try to go through your life and, and find some things that you're thankful about, but don't just write them down. Take it a step further and write down the impacts that they have on your life. Don't just go, oh yeah, I'm thankful for my wife and you know, just leave it at that. Really write down and take the take the time and effort to put it in written word, the impact that uh, the things that you're thankful for have on your life. So that's just my little note about Thanksgiving. We, we don't have any big plans. We're actually going down to see a lot of family next weekend. So I'm <laughs> literally alone recording and watching football on Thanksgiving uh, and she's at work. So this weekend's really quiet for us, but I know a lot of time, y'all, a lot of y'all are spending time with your family and that's great. Go and, and get that fellowship, spend time with the, with the ones that you love and really, uh, uh, really kind of not detached, but really think about be, be present in the moment of, of Thanksgiving. You know, Nick and I talked about being present and what does that mean? Be present in the moment uh, of Thanksgiving and really try to, to understand what it all means to you and take it all in. I know it's, you know, um, it's, it's kind of hard sometimes, but uh, just really try to do that, especially with all the, the hard times that a lot of people have been through the last two years. It seems like some people are, are finally trying to kind of getting out of the slump of 2020. And it looks like with the economy and stuff, we may go back into it. So really just try to be thankful for the good times that we have right now, because you never know how long those are going to last. So that's all I've got on Thanksgiving. Um, I don't have any, I don't have any Q's. I don't have any A's, no Q and A today. Um, but I do want to elaborate, uh, Jonah, actually, if you remember Jonah Trahan on episode one, unlikely friends, he's one of my best friends. He, uh, he mandated, uh, because he gets to do that apparently that, uh, my next episode after what I had put out last week would be negotiation on, I told you I would elaborate a little bit more on always, always be negotiating. We talked about about, uh, do you want to chase the money or do you want to settle with a career? And I said that one of the most important things is that you're always negotiating. Uh, you're always trying to get better, get better things for yourself and uh, always negotiating. He mandated, he decreed by order of King Jonah that the next episode was going to elaborate on negotiation. So that's what I'm here to do because I take my orders like a good servant from King Jonah. <laughs> um no, he, he had a good point that I needed to elaborate on that. And this is a perfect time to do it. So, uh, yeah, I just want to start with reiterating that, um, or well, I want to present a new idea to, to y'all. And this kind of came from Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson has a new, uh, series out called, I think it's called marriage. It's just, yeah, just marriage on daily wire. I don't know if y'all are daily wire subscribers. It's Ben Shapiro. Um, one thing I do want to put out is some of y'all may not be extraordinarily 
right wing or you may think that Ben Shapiro is just 100% way off to the right and that you're not going to participate in any of his bias takes. Uh, the Daily Wire is actually doing a ton, a ton of stuff that is really, really good for society right now, uh, especially with their Jordan Peterson content and young men. Uh, I think it's like $10 a month and it's absolutely worth it. I, I guarantee you, if you're really, uh, if your intent is to improve yourself and it, you know, I like, I like to have entertainment. I like to watch things. I like to learn things. And I promise you that if you want to give your money to somebody who, number one, doesn't hate you for the way that you believe, and number two, is actually intent on giving you something that, giving you, number one, entertainment that has no bias, um, it has no left or right wing bias, and Daily Wire does that with a lot of their movies. They're not right wing movies, they're just movies. Uh, the left has taken over any any Hollywood movie. I just won't even watch movies that come out now, because the left has just completely taken them over. Uh, the right is actually making non-biased movies, uh, you know, or daily wire is so entertainment on the entertainment front, it's worth it. And number two, on just the information front, uh, Jordan Peterson's putting out a bunch of good stuff. They've got a, a bunch of other commentators that they have right wing slants, but they just give you the news. They have just news podcast. They have they actually have sports commentary. I don't know how good the sports commentary is because I don't really listen to, to sports commentary. But if you're big into sports and you're tired of listening to ESPN and get preached to how if you're a straight white male, you're the worst person on the face of the planet when you're just trying to watch some commentary on basketball tune into these guys because it's, it's just sports so um i just want to put that note out there the daily wire has a lot of good stuff and especially featuring uh jordan peterson which is what we're going to focus in on today uh something that i got from him in his series on marriage and i believe uh the episode's called negotiating and he just presented this idea uh i, I didn't go and watch the episode i didn't want to be too influenced by what he was saying because i don't want to just repeat that to you you know repeat his words to you i want to actually come with my own thoughts on this but what sparked the idea is that he 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 made a difference between he like drew a difference between compromise and negotiation and he it, it was it was something new that i hadn't really heard of or thought about before and i know that I want to say that the idea of compromise kind of came from uh, public education for some reason. I, I remember pretty, I remember learning that the idea of most agreements is that you compromise. Like if, if you have a disagreement, you're supposed to compromise on things. And I'm trying to remember where that, where that came about. And I, I want to say it was public school. Um, maybe that we like learned that in some sort of social studies or, or, English class. I, I don't remember, honestly, but I mean, think about it too. Everything that we hear is compromise, compromise, compromise. Well, yeah, you have to find a compromise. You know, a bill comes up in Congress and they're like, oh, we need to compromise on that. Um, you have an argument with your wife and you say, oh, why don't we, why don't we make a compromise? And I, <laughs> when you really think about it, and this was a point that Jordan Peterson had made, when you really think about it, the idea of a compromise, and I've got the definition here, uh, the definition of a compromise is an agreement or a settlement of a dispute that is reached by each side making concessions. 
so the idea is that you come to this agreement by giving something up. And sometimes that can be a good thing. Sometimes that, that really can be a good thing. Sometimes you need to give a little bit to get a little bit. But I think that it's become far, far too common in our daily routines of, of just compromising and compromising and compromising. And what Jordan Peterson had offered up, and again, I watched the episode a couple of weeks ago, didn't want to go watch it again because I didn't want to be just too, I didn't want to just paraphrase Jordan Peterson to you. I wanted to offer my own thoughts. Um, but the idea that he came up with was that <laughs> you need to negotiate, not compromise. We do this all the time to where you and the wife will get into an argument and you compromise on something. And his main idea was that we need to be negotiating, not compromising. And the reason for that is when you compromise and you consistently give and give and give and give to make these little agreements, uh, resentment builds up on those compromises. Even if you got something from that, eventually you're going to feel there's, there's a, a good chance that you're going to feel like what you had been given up wasn't worth what you were getting. Because maybe uh, this is especially between a, a wife and a husband, you can't always hold that compromise up uh, 24 seven. You're not always going to get your side of the bargain. And then when you don't get your side of the bargain, you feel like, man, I just gave all this up. Um, and today I'm not getting, not getting my end of, of the compromise. Uh, so that's, that's really the danger of compromise. And I've seen that happen in my own life, in my relationship to where Dylan and I will, will compromise on something and one person doesn't hold it up, you know, because we can't, I mean, it's marriage is, is fluid and you cannot always be 100%, 100% of the time. Uh, when you're married to somebody, hopefully you're, you're around them enough and, uh, they're going to see you at your worst. You know, when you walk into the house, that's when you're not on your A game all the time and you're going to get like, you're going to mess up on those compromises. And then it, it, it happens, it happens a lot. So we'll have like a really, really good month of both of us holding up our end of the compromises. We'll go four weeks and it's just the best four weeks of our life. We're, we're wonderful because we both held up all these compromises. She, you know, washes the dishes the way I want them and I cook the things that she wants to eat. Um, she wears the the type of clothes that I want her to wear. And I take her to the places that she wants to eat to wear all these nice clothes. Like we, we have a really, really good month and then something happens or somebody has a, a couple bad days and then we fall into a slump of where neither of us can uphold those compromises and or one of us can't uphold the compromises and the other one starts to feel really resentful because we're doing all of this. We're giving up a part of what we actually wanted in order to get something else from that other person. And then we end up in like a week of just petty arguments to where we're just tired. We're sick of each other. We're sick of, of giving up all this stuff. And then we want to be selfish. And when I heard Jordan Peterson talk about this and say, Hey, instead of compromising, let's negotiate. And I, I believe the exact quote of what he said is that a negotiation is, is when you, when you come to negotiate, you both agree on something that you want more. He, I think, I believe he said the exact was that you, you want the new thing more than you wanted the old thing. And that's, that's really hard to do. Um, it's, it's a lofty goal, but DL and I have settled on, Hey, let's not stop negotiating until we both reach an agreement that we're fully satisfied with, that we fully want. 
Um, a perfect example was Christmas decorations. I decided to try this. Um, and Ellen, it's kind of a joke, but I, I hate going to Hobby Lobby with Ellen. I, I hate going to Hobby Lobby with Ellen. Um, she likes to look at every damn thing in the store, no matter how many times we've seen it. We got to go through all the signs and look at all the the. I don't even remember what the, uh, the you know the the signs with like the the pencil black letters on them. Like it, it, it's all over the place. Um, she likes to look at all of that stuff, and it takes two hours. I don't care if we're in there for just a flower or something. It'll take two hours to walk through Hobby Lobby, and so I hate it. And so a couple years ago, I started telling her that you get one trip a year. I don't care if we spend 12 hours in this Hobby Lobby. You get one one time I walk in the door and one time I walk out a door in a calendar year. That's what you get. Uh, so make it count. <laughs> um, we've broken that a couple times, obviously. If she really needs me to go to Hobby Lobby, I'll go. And sometimes I go by myself to buy her stuff. But um, that's kind of a, a running joke that we have, and it stays pretty true. She goes to Hobby Lobby by herself um, a lot of times. But anyway, we went to go do Christmas decorations and we don't really decorate the inside of our house for Christmas or we haven't before. Um, we kind of just keep the decorations the same and put up a Christmas tree and we put a lot of money into the Christmas tree and, and stockings and stuff. And that's kind of just what we do. And so I decided that I wanted to take her and let her decorate the inside of the house with Christmas stuff, you know, replace all of our interior decorations with Christmas stuff. And I knew it was going to be a pretty big expense. And I knew it, I knew that I wanted, if I was going to spend that money um, to, to decorate the inside of the house, I knew that I wanted to have buy-in as well. I didn't want to just drop $250 on decorations. Um, you know, if she likes snowmen and I'm not a fan of snowmen, I didn't want to just hate what I look at every single day. You know, I just spent $250 for all this shit. So... I knew that this was going to be an exercise in uh, in compromise, uh, you know, for a couple of weeks when I was planning on doing this. And then I heard that Jordan Peterson episode, and I decided to turn it into an episode on negotiation, and or not an episode. Uh, I knew I, I decided to turn it into an exercise on negotiation, and we went in there, and neither of us are really super. Uh, Yellen's kind of crafty and artsy, but neither of us have a super keen eye for like interior decorations. It's it's kind of odd. And if you've been to our house, you know that a lot of things don't really match and interior decorating isn't exactly our thing. My wife does really good, but um, it typically takes a while for us to get a theme picked out and, uh, and understand what all we want to go into that theme. So... And I knew this was going to happen. And we just kind of walked around for, I mean, honestly, 30, 40 minutes and didn't really have any sort of idea. And, she, I, you know, I kind of liked the Christmas plaid stuff. She didn't really like the Christmas plaid stuff. She liked some of the the other, uh, I don't even remember what she, she didn't really know what she actually wanted. And so... Um, what we did is instead of typically how this goes is you say, I don't really care, especially if you're a dude, you say, I don't really care. I'll just buy whatever you want. And you let her buy whatever you want. Well, um, we decided that we were going to both enjoy, like 
we were going to both be fully invested in what we were putting up for Christmas. And so, for example, I like I like nutcrackers. I don't know why they're just cool. Maybe it's because it's like a a little machine thing that I can play with, and it also looks kind of cool. I, I don't know. Um, I've always liked nutcrackers. You can ask my family. For some reason, they've always been really cool. And so that was the first thing I went to. I was like, hey, let's put like a, a couple of nutcrackers up. And of course, she's like, no, they're creepy. They're creepy. And so I was like, ah, oh, damn it. And so then she went and she found like this moose thing that she liked. And I, I was, I was kind of down for the moose, but I was like, Hey, let's, let's do these, these nutcrackers. And then we started trying to compromise. She was like, well, I don't like the nutcracker, but I'll let you get that. If you let me get this. And I was like, ah, you know, all right, that's, that's fine. Whatever. So this goes on. And I, I kid you not, we were in the hobby lobby for an hour, still trying to compromise on this stuff. And finally I put like the stuff back and I said, okay, I said, here's what we need to do. Um, we went over and there was a bunch of, it was actually kind of funny because Hobby Lobby has like all of these decorated Santas and literally it was like a Santa for every single theme. Like if you were going to do snowmen and throw a Santa in there, there was a Santa for that theme. If you were going to do like plain Jane, Christmas, Santa, red, you know, red coat, um, white beard with Mrs. Claus, red everything. There was that Santa. Then there was just a bunch of different themes of Santas that you could build around. Uh, you could build these decorations around. And so I took her over there and we picked up Santas and asked if we liked it. And multiple times we tried to compromise. We were like, oh, well, I don't really like it, but if you like it, we can get it. And I said, nope, nope, we're done. And we went through like I don't know, 10 different Santas before finally I was like, do you like this one? And she was like, yeah. I was like, okay, I like it too. And then we put it in the basket. And we did that with almost every single thing that we that we picked up from then on. We went and got these like little trees and we looked at all the trees and we didn't get one that we compromised on. We got one that we both wanted. And we walked out of there really, really happy with what we had because we had built a theme around something that we both wanted. Um, and it wasn't that I wanted the nutcrackers more than what we got. We had, we had spent the time and found something that I actually wanted just as much, if not more than the nutcrackers. And we were both super happy. I had no problem swiping my card for 200 and something fucking dollars in Hobby Lobby. Most I've ever spent in Hobby Lobby. Um, I had no problem swiping it for that. And I'd had it in the budget to, to spend some money on Christmas decorations this year. And, and I walked out super happy, let her decorate everything. I mean, let her just do everything that she wanted. Um, because I was happy with, with the theme that we had for Christmas. And that's, that's better than almost anything that we've done in the past few Christmases. I mean, Christmas tree decorations, we've always compromised on Christmas tree decorations and we're always like, yeah, that looks really pretty. But you know, if we would have done, if, if she would have let me do this then it would have looked a little bit prettier, but I'm okay with it. Cause she's happy. Um, this year we didn't do that. We really didn't. We did exactly what both of us wanted and it took, here's the, here's the kicker. It took a long time. Um, and if you get nothing from this, it's take the time to negotiate with your wife or significant other in order to reach that agreement that you both want as much or more than when you first started. Um, don't just blow off the argument and say, oh yeah, I'll give up this part of what I want as, as long as she'll shut up and be happy. That's the wrong attitude to have. And you need to relay this to her as well. You need to tell her, hey, look, do not compromise with me. You know, I don't care 
you know, I appreciate that you want to make me happy. I appreciate that you're willing to give up things to make me happy, but it's, it only ends up bad in the long run because you're going to end up resentful at me because I made you compromise and I didn't always hold up my end of the bargain. So relay this with your wife, talk about this with your wife and understand that, um, that it's going to take a lot longer than just compromising because it takes a lot more thought about what you actually want and what what do you have in common with this other person to where you can find an agreement that you both fully support 100%. Um, it's going to take time and it may draw arguments or uh, it may draw discussions out for days on end, but I promise you will be better for it. I promise that a three-day negotiation is much better than a one-day compromise. And now, mileage may vary if it's about what to have for dinner that night. Don't sit there for two hours and try to negotiate. But on these these mid to large size disagreements, um, and and let me let me put it this way. If it's a one-time occurrence, you can compromise. If it's a daily activity that may seem kind of small, like where do we put the towels? Um, a lot of people will compromise on that, but that's something that you go to daily. That's like a lifetime thing of you deciding where to put the towels. If it's, Hey, are we going to have chicken parm or chicken Alfredo tonight? That's not something worth like truly negotiating over. I don't think, um, because it's a one time, it's a one day deal. You can get over it. Both are going to be good. She's cooking for you. Shut up and be happy about it. Um, but when it comes to, hey, are we going to put the silverware drawer in the top drawer by the oven or are we going to put it in the top drawer by the sink? That that may seem like something small, but do not compromise on those things because it's something that you're going to have to go back to every day. And if you practice negotiating on that instead of compromise for the smaller things, it becomes a lot easier on the bigger things. So I, I hope I'm being clear here. I hope that I hope that you're understanding what I'm saying um, and and, and really getting what I'm asking you to do. Um, so basically, the, the, the general idea, if you get nothing, is that negotiation is coming to an agreement that we both support more so or equal to the our, our original ideas coming to the coming to the discussion. So the idea that we had when we started the discussion, uh, we want to negotiate and find a better idea um, than what we had originally separately from one another. So like I said, I don't know if that makes much sense. I think it does. Dion and I are, are trying to do it right now. We're having a lot of success with it, actually. We, we really started this a couple weeks ago, and we're having a lot of success because now, instead of compromising and giving up a little piece of what we want, we're coming up with something better, and it's, it's working a lot better for us than just trying to compromise. So that's going to be negotiating on the relationship front, and it's a, it's a very important point, and it's going to tie in to what I was talking about last week when I was talking about a career career. Um, negotiating on the relationship front is a little bit of an extreme as far as a, a, a romantic relationship, your your wife, uh, your girlfriend, things like that. Um, it's, it's an extreme and it illustrates, if I can articulate that, it illustrates what you need to do when, when approaching other relationships like work relationships, friend relationships. Uh, I, I mentioned always be negotiating in your career. And I believe that's 100% fundamental to both sides being happy uh, with the work that you're doing in a, in a career. And what it does is, again, if you're constantly making compromises, you're going to look up and 10 years later, you're going to be like, man, I really, I'm really not being paid what I should be paid. Like, you know, I wanted 35 bucks an hour, but they wouldn't give it to me. And so I, uh, 
I went ahead and did what I had to do and now I'm here and I'm not happy with it because maybe they haven't held up their their part of the bargain. So what we're going to do is even when we come into our work relationships, we're going to negotiate, not compromise. And uh, negotiate, not compromise. And how we're going to do that, you know, when I tell people to always be negotiating in a work setting, a lot of people they cringe at that because they think that what I mean is to go in and constantly just ask for more money. You know, every six months walk in and be like, hey, I need a raise. I need a raise right now. Uh, That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is adding value to one another. And that's really what a negotiation is, is how can both sides add value in a way that satisfies, uh, satisfies both people in the discussion? How can we both add value to our relationship in a way that satis- fully satisfies both people on either ends of this discussion? And that's what I'm talking about, especially uh, in in your career. And one thing that you, you the person that asked that question was, uh, the question was, how do you know when to chase the money or settle with a career? Uh, my my perfect answer is both. Chase the money inside your career. Uh, you know, find what you do and, and things like that. But if you're stuck, if, if you like the job that you're doing, chase the money inside that job. And we're going to do that by constantly negotiating. So I've done... Uh, I've done the thing where you go and you wait until you have a review meeting and you feel like you've done really, really good all year. You have no metrics to support it. And you just come in and you're ready to negotiate. And you say, hey man, I want this this X amount of dollars an hour. And then they laugh at you. <laughs> they they say, well, we can't give you that right now. Yeah, you've done all right. But they they immediately find two or three things that, um, that you kind of did wrong. And uh, they're just not going to give you that level of money because you did X, X, and X wrong. They may give you a little bit of a raise, but it's not going to be enough to matter. Um, That's typically what happens when people, instead of being value-minded and how do I add value, they say, how do I get what I want or what I think I deserve? So I want to change that up. And when I say always be negotiating with your company, uh, that means to always add value. And one thing that I, I believe... I learned this from Andy Vrazella, and I've actually tried it recently with success. I had a lot of success doing this. Um, it was it was really really cool. One thing that you need to do is instead of asking for more money for things that you've already done, propose how you're going to add value and propose uh, propose a negotiation, propose an agreement, not not haggle and bargain for what's already been done and said in the past. So perfect example of this is when I had my year review meeting, I said, I I sat and I wrote down things of they're already paying me X amount of dollars to do what I do right now. Why would they pay me any more if I'm not adding them more value? You know, it's, it's, it's almost like people get really, really pissed off at inflation because they say I've been paying, I've been paying the same amount for milk um, for 10 years, the milk's not any better. Uh, I'm not making any more money yet. Now I've got to pay $6 a gallon instead of $4 a gallon. People get upset by that. And you get upset in the grocery store when, when that happens and your boss is going to get just as upset if you go and try to do that, do that to him. Now there are cost of living wages and a lot of people, a lot of reason people ask for more money is because their, their stuff costs a little bit more. And that's something completely different. But if you just go into them and say, Hey, look, I've been doing this job for 10 years. You need to pay me more money. 
then their immediate question is going to go, why do I, why do I need to pay you more money? You've been doing it for 10 years. You've been doing the same job for me for 10 years. Why do I need to pay you more money? Yeah, maybe you know a little bit more about the company. Yeah, maybe you're in the role, but those aren't, those aren't, maybe you're, you're locked into the role and you know the people that you work with. Those a lot of times aren't enough reasons to pay somebody four, five, six dollars more an hour, ten dollars more an hour. Those aren't good enough reasons because you could take and train up a new hire and in a year they're integrated into the company. They may be able to do what you can do. So why would they continue to pay? you more money. The only answer is if you add value, if you take on more responsibilities, if you bring something to the table that you weren't bringing to the table a year ago when you were getting paid 30 bucks an hour, then you might be worth $35 an hour. What are you going to bring to the table? And the best way to demonstrate this is to lay out markers for success that you can both agree to before you agree, before they agree to give you more money. Um, Trust me, I have tried it both ways at multiple different jobs. Um, the 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 idea that you're just going to go in and argue and haggle over the things that have already been done for more dollars, it doesn't work. I've tried it. I've tried it multiple times. I've gone into companies and done, I mean, let me put it this way. I, I've gone into companies and taken on much more responsibility than what was originally agreed upon and then tried to argue that over the past year and it's never worked. So I tried something different. What we're going to do is we're going to set out a, a, a quantifiable list of achievements that you have set out yourself to achieve over the next year that add value to your company. So for example, I do project management. Well, kind of, I do project scheduling and it involves a lot of project management estimating, um, let me put it this way. I I'm in the project management process. So uh, one thing that I identified is that I don't have a super strong connection with the superintendents of the job. I really don't. They don't. They're not huge fans of me just because we're not friends. You know what I mean? And they see me as just a paper pusher. And so what I wanted to do, and this was, I, I laid out multiple markers for success over the next year. But what I wanted to do is say, hey, early mornings, they have these early morning meetings at 6 a.m. And uh, most of them are hourly. They, they come in at 6 a.m. And, and they have this meeting and then they go out to the job site. Okay, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to attend two of these super meetings every single month. So when we have a big super meeting, I'm going to come in and I'm going to be in attendance for that. I'm going to take notes. I'm going to learn what you guys talk about on these daily morning basis and uh, or on, in these daily morning meetings on a monthly basis and and try to get an idea and build a relationship with these superintendents and that's going to add value to them because when the superintendent needs some sort of project management level support, then I have a good relationship and maybe I know what they're talking about when they've mentioned this in, in the morning meetings. And that's how I'm going to add value. And I, and I put that on a piece of paper before I ever went into the, the review meeting was, I, you know, I put that on a piece of paper along with several, several other different things. So another thing that I did was, Hey, I'm going to go on two walk downs a month. So every single month, I'm going to go out to the job site, look at the job site, see what we're doing, understand what the complications are, understand where the schedule process is at. And I'm going to do that every single month, twice a month. And how is that going to add value? That means I'm going to have a greater connection with the projects that I'm helping manage. I'm going to know the actual struggle struggles that the guys on, on the ground are having. I'm going to see that, you know, maybe this ditch is really hard to dig because the dirt's so compacted. And maybe they can show me that this dirt over here is loose, but this dirt's really compacted. And so that's why we've, we've got to bore it. Or, you know, maybe we 
we've got to do some hydro vacuuming because we've got some utilities here. Like I'm going to be able to see those struggles that they're dealing with and it's going to have more of an impact on me when I'm scheduling these things in the future for future jobs. So that's how I'm going to add value. That's something different than what I'm doing right now. And I went in with a full list of these things and then I asked, I, I proposed to my company, this is how I need you to add value. I need you in order to keep up with what I want, my career goals, I need you to add value. And this was not simply on uh, a money basis. I asked them to send me to corporate because we have a corporate office. So I said, I want to go see what these guys at corporate are doing because I have counterparts over at corporate. I said, I want to go. I want you to pay for a plane ticket, pay for a rental car. And I want you to send me to corporate. That's <laughs> number one. That's a twofer. That adds value to them because I'm going and learning these things that they're doing over there. I'm cross training. It adds value to me because they're sending me on a trip to corporate. That's what I asked for. Um, I asked for support to do these things. I said, the way you need to add value to me is by taking time out of your day and allotting time instead of me just doing my job, uh, you know, the same way I've been doing it for a year, I need you to take time out of your day in order to support these ventures for me in order to learn these things. And then next, I need you to pay me more when I've completed these things. So after I have a full list of all of these things that I've completed over the next 12 months, uh, I need you to pay me more. And this is what I want you to pay me. And we're going to agree upon that. And we're not going to leave this negotiation until we get a, until we get a favorable outcome for both of us that we both agree on. And that's what happened is we sat there and we discussed it. And I gave no compromises. They gave no compromises. We found a, a route that that benefits the both of us equally, if not more than when I first walked in. And they were super impressed with that, man. Like it was, it was really, really cool. Uh, you know, one of the guys said, I've been doing, uh, job reviews, you know, employee reviews for 20 years now. And this is easily the most impressive thing that I've ever seen. And it was, it was fully typed out with a letterhead. And I'm not saying it was that impressive relatively. I mean, you know, this guy, I don't know who he's been <laughs> reviewing, but, um, he was really, really impressed by the fact that I had done that. Uh, the other guy that was in the room, he loved it. He said, yeah, this is absolutely awesome. He said, this this shows that you're, you want to continue to better yourself and that you're not just coming in and demanding for something that you haven't earned yet. I'm telling you how I'm going to earn this. And then I'm going to, I'm asking you, uh, I, I'm making you agree to how you're going to repay me for me learning these things. So that's going to be kind of what, that's how you need to be negotiating, uh, in, in your work relationships back to, back to the last episode, back to the things that I was talking about, whether you chase the money or settle with a career. Uh, when I said always be negotiating, I, I don't mean always be compromising or always be, uh, demanding more out of, out of the people that you work for. A better way to put that is always be adding value and finding ways to receive more value. Um, yeah, so that's that's the general idea on negotiation. I hope that it made a little bit of sense. Those are the things that I've done and they've worked out for me. Uh, try these. I mean, try these things. If you've been working at a job for almost a year now and, uh, you know, you haven't seen just a huge raise yet and and this, this is different. I should add that if you're getting raises constantly, like if you work for just one of those really superstar companies that it, 
there are a few of them to where they you're under good leadership and they recognize that you're doing more. And if they're constantly giving you raises, then maybe this negotiation is understood beforehand and maybe you need to focus on adding value so that you can get more of those raises, not having these negotiations. But 99% of companies aren't like this. 99% of companies, they hire you on to do a job and they're going to pay you what they pay you and they expect you to do that job. And then they know that sometime in the future, they may need to pay you a little bit more and they're going to try to, they're going to try to gradually do that. They'll sell you like a 3% raise every single year. And they're like, oh yeah, we'll give you 3% every single year. And people are like excited about that. But 3% is, is almost nothing compared to the value that, that good employees actually add year after year after year. And so if you're at one of these really good companies, maybe just take what you get and focus on how do I add value to this? Um, that maybe there is a caveat for companies like that, that very, very few, very few companies. And if you're at one of those, then good on you. Good on you. Absolutely. Uh, but for the majority of people, this is what we need to be doing. We need to be constantly negotiating, constantly adding value and constantly, um, constantly adding value so that they will add more value to you and make, make your time, uh, make your time worth it basically is, is kind of, uh, what I'm, what I'm going with. So yeah, if you've been working a job for a year and you haven't seen much of a raise, you know, maybe you're not getting performance bonuses, things like that, which is 99% of people constantly be battling. I say battling, constantly be negotiating for, for more and make sure that you're never actually settling in that career because it's going to build resentment. I, I promise you're going to get five, 10 years down the road. And if you're not pushing for more, uh, it's go, you're going to end up building resentment. So guys, that's all I've got today. Uh, have a happy Thanksgiving, spend it with your families. Uh, don't listen to the purpose podcast on Thanksgiving because, uh, you need to be spending that time with your families, wait until tomorrow and then listen to the purpose podcast. But all right, guys, I really appreciate it. Uh, don't forget about the book club that we're going to do in December. Sorry, I forgot to mention that. We're starting that book club December 1st. It's going to be The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter. We're going to read that. Uh, Episodes are going to come out on Wednesdays. You need to read it at a pace of 10 pages per day. That's all I'm asking for. That's all I'm asking for, guys. I promise that you can find the time to do it. I promise that you can find the time to do it. Uh, One of the busiest people I know, Nick Shelton, he reads every single day. Reads every single day. Chase Christie, super busy dude, just had a kid. He still reads every single day. Bret Hart. Bret Hart reads often. I don't know if Bret Hart has a daily routine, but I know he reads a shit ton. Okay. So get this time in, read 10 pages every single day. Follow along with me. Let me know what you think. Interact with me in my DMs, interact with me on Instagram posts. Let me know what you think about the book and we're going to go through it. And I promise, I promise this book will add value. I promise you taking the time and reading the book will add value to your life. Once again, that's the comfort crisis. Start reading it on December 1st, 10 pages a day, and I'll be filling you in with my thoughts. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Have a happy Thanksgiving.